I don't rely on that motivation. I don't wake up with motivation seven days a week, but I do wake up with discipline. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. Some days it's, it's just getting my butt out the door and, and knowing that that's something that I do on a daily basis. I, I even love to hate the process. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. That was the voice of Michael Lynn. Today we'll follow along as he reflects on his lifelong journey returning to health and fitness. Along the way, hear about how he overcame his addiction to drugs and alcohol and continues to inspire and help others to do the same. Learn about the success he found on a ketogenic diet and be motivated by his ever-evolving desire to reach new heights. This is Built, presented by FitBod. We are lucky enough to be able to interview Michael today. And Michael's comfort zone is to be the host and to to ask the questions and to be a really good listener. So we're putting him in a really uncomfortable position today by asking him to be the one (laughs) to divulge all of his story and for us to be the ones to ask him questions. But we are grateful that we get to know you a little bit better. Michael. So that's our plan for today. I'm excited. I am out of my comfort zone, but but I am excited. So yeah, let's get the show on the road. Yes. Okay. Let the grilling begin. Take it, up, <laughs> take it away, Jonica. <laughs> so I want to know, I want you to tell us and also the listeners, I want to know, like, have has fitness always been a part of your life? Would you consider fitness to have been a part of your life, you know, since an early age? Well, I mean, I guess early is relative. Um, Mm -hmm. I played soccer as a young kid and ran track for a minute or two, but I wasn't really through high school. I was not athletic at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, my, my brother wrestled and, and played sports and I just really was never good (laughs) at any of those things. So, so through high school, I really didn't do much in terms of fitness or, or athletics and then didn't really do much of anything after high school and had a family started early. And it was somewhere around my mid twenties when I started to realize that I really wanted to be fit. I wanted to be, I wanted to be muscular and I started to work out and <clears throat> I guess it was around age 26 when I really started in anger to, to work out and, and get a workout program going. And I basically did the, 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 this, what's it called? I can't remember the, the phrase for it, but it's like chest and try back and by legs and shoulders. I think I did that every week for I don't know, three or four years straight, mm-hmm. never changing up the exercise. And, and I did get sort of fit. I was never really, really muscular. My, my diet was way off. Mm-hmm. So I guess to answer your question, I started getting interested in, in getting fit when I was about 26. And that was about half my, my life ago. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask because the listeners aren't able to see you, do you mind sharing your, your stats of where you're at right now, kind of your age and just like kind of where you're at? No, because I find it interesting because I've only known you a short time. And so I always find it quite interesting when you meet someone um, and you kind of just assume that that is where they're at in their life at that point is where they've always been. So for me, I met you about a year ago. You are extremely fit. You are extremely disciplined. You are extremely muscular. And so that's just the assumption that that is how your life has always been. So go ahead and tell us, tell us some of your stats so that the listeners can kind of get an idea of what, of what they're listening to here. Okay. All right. So stats, let's start off with the most important ones. I'm extremely handsome. That's number one. (laughs) No, no, I'm, (laughs) he looks like Bono. (laughs) <laughs> no. I've never heard that. I've never heard that. Okay. So I'm 5'8", a little bit, a little, a smidge taller than 5'8", and I weigh approximately 180 pounds. I've been fluctuating between 170 to 180, 85, 
And let's see, what what else do you want to know? What what other stuff? Do you know your body fat? Do you do you measure your body yeah. fat percentage? Yeah, I do that several times a year. The last time I measured it, I was 9% body fat. The time before that, I was 7% body fat. And that's pretty, that's like where I like to keep it. I think I've edged above that now. I might be somewhere hovering around maybe 12, something like that. But I keep it, I keep my body fat relatively low. Okay. So do you want to tell the listeners your age as well? Where you're sure. There? Sure. Yeah. I was born in 66. So I'm 50, I think I'm 56. That makes me 56 years old. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So for me, I, I love hearing the body fat percentage because as a woman, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand like when I just hear 180 pounds and the height and stuff. I, it's hard for me to kind of like visualize what that means. So you're extremely fit. Let's just let's just put it that way. <laughs> extreme <laughs> is a good word. I, I like that. I am extreme in, in many different ways. But but yes, in, in terms of fitness, I would I would consider myself very fit. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair fair assessment of where you're at. So you said at 26, you didn't really clean up your diet. You didn't really see a huge change in your body and in your uh, lifestyle. You were kind of just like going through the motions and kind of learning. I think it's a process where we learn. So when did those things start to change for you? Like that was you know half mm-hmm. your lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. You said so. Like when did it start to get serious? When did things start to change? Like how did that process? Yeah, I should tell you, a big part of my story is recovery from drugs and alcohol. That was a part of my life for most most of my adult life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on the outside, I looked to be quite successful and and relatively healthy, I suppose. But behind closed doors, I was I was drinking out of control, drugging, I was using drugs. And the the consequences of that started to catch up to me somewhere around my mid thirties. And I knew I, I might have a problem. So I started to think I might have to, you know, curtail my drinking and I started to do running. I started to run as in an attempt to to kind of keep my my drinking at bay. Mm-hmm. And uh, that led me to my first marathon training which was 40 I think I was somewhere around 42 when okay. I ran my first marathon. Wow. And uh, right around that same time I was trying to to stay away from alcohol for a year and I didn't mm-hmm. quite make it. But that led me to, you know, to doing some some extreme sports and and athletics. And and that's really when I got started to get serious anyway. Yeah. Okay. Michael, you had mentioned earlier when you were talking about your fitness journey that you got into lifting or wanting to get better in shape and you used the word in anger. Is that any correlation to (laughs) the fact that you were fighting this addiction and drugs or what did you mean by that? Because that really stood out to me. I'd like to explore that. A bit. Oh, I mean, it's just an expression, but, but okay. I really started to get serious. That's what I meant by that. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, and, and since you brought up the recovery addiction, not to get too personal, but was it harder drugs or just the alcohol and the softer? Drugs? Well, I mean, it's, first of all, it's not, it's not anything too personal. I'm happy to share that, that story. And hopefully if folks are listening that maybe struggling with the same thing, they might find some, some inspiration there. I've been sober without, without using drugs and alcohol for eight and a half, eight and a half years. Awesome. So I got sober when I was about 48. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. And in terms of like harder or softer drugs, I really don't draw any lines there. There, You know, I, I used illicit drugs for a period of my life when I was much younger, but alcohol became my, the the biggest problem I had. And that was, Mm -hmm. that was really what I needed to stop. Okay. And, and so that leads me to, and, and I agree with you, all drugs are drugs, whether they're considered harder or not. How did the exercise help overcome that? And what mm. 
percentage of factor did it help in overcoming that? Addiction? Well, that's a, that's a great question, Gio. You know, as I mentioned, I started to do extreme fitness. I started to really work out seriously and, and run long distances. I, I ran several marathons in an attempt to try and fix the problem that I was having with, with drugs and alcohol. And, you know, the, for me, I'll just say for me, it was not an answer because, you know, there's a funny story. I was training for my first marathon and in order for me to run a marathon, I, I followed a program that called for me to get up to and above 13 miles in training. So running 13 miles, getting to a point where you started to run at close to pace that you wanted to finish the marathon. And looking from a geographical perspective, there's a town 13 miles away and it's mm -hmm. perfectly situated right along a lovely canal path. So Saturday mornings, I would wake up early and make my way down to the canal and run 13 miles to the next town over. It's called New Hope. So from Yardley, maybe maybe you've got some Pennsylvania listeners, from Yardley to New Hope, it's approximately 13, a little bit over 13 miles. And I would run that and I would get there somewhere around 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. And Frank's Tavern opened on Main Street just about 9 o'clock. Sometimes I'd nice. get there just as they were opening. And what I was telling myself was that having a couple beers after a long run like that <laughs> helped me to recarbohydrate myself. And, and that was just, that was just the addict in me. So I would, uh, unfortunately I trained for a marathon getting drunk <laughs> through most of my runs and running marathons did not help keep me sober. So I needed to find another solution to that. And if you're listening to this and you're wondering, Jeepers, I might have a problem. How did he do it? You can absolutely reach out to me. I'll, I'll tell you how I did it. It's, it's so interesting to listen to your story, Michael, because I really relate to using training for a marathon or long distance running because it was actually one of the things that I used to try and keep my eating disorder at bay. And so it was something that I tried to kind of like outrun, tried to like lie to myself that, you know, I was... I was running because I wanted to like train and I had this goal to, you know, to be a long distance runner when really, you know, it was a way for me to like hide the fact that I was burning as many calories as I could. And so I really understand your saying that, you know, that didn't fix the problem and that didn't become the solution because I, I felt that as well. I felt there was obviously for myself, there was a lot of journey that still needed to happen from that point to, to kind of fix and to find the solutions for the internal struggles that I was having. So how, how long after that marathon training, did you start to kind of find those solutions for your internal struggles? Mm -hmm. Yeah, several years. And I, <clears throat> I stopped drinking and I, I didn't really have any solution in place. And like you found out, you know, addicts and alcoholics, we end up Without a solution, we end up nominating external influences to help us deal with an internal condition. And, you know, you need you need a solution to that internal condition. For me, I mean, I happen to believe that it's a it's a kind of a spiritual malady uh, at heart. And I needed to to find a solution to to that spiritual malady. I needed to be OK completely by myself without any external influence. And while fitness helps for sure. It, it didn't provide me with that, with that solution. So there are, there are solutions out there that work though. Okay. 
That's great. So when did your journey stumble upon Fitbod? When did you when did you incorporate that into your your progress? And you know, like what what was the story of success that you found with that? Had you already yeah. found success on your own before you came to Fitbod or how did that work out? I think I, I found I found success. Like I was I, I changed my diet. I really got my diet under control. I experimented with ketogenic diet. That mm-hmm. really yielded amazing results for me. Okay. Uh, every body is different. Keto yep. doesn't work mm-hmm. for everybody, but it worked for me. And I stayed on a keto diet for more than a year. And and right around the same time, I found Fitbod. And I, I really cannot remember how many years ago it was, but I know that I celebrated over 2,000 workouts in the app prior to losing my data. I don't know what happened, yeah. but for Earlier some reason, this I lost. Year, right? <laughs> Earlier this year, yeah. Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> so, but fortunately, I think they've got that that bug nailed, and uh, I'm racking up the the workouts once again. So, I want to say it's something like four years. Okay. So, when you first came upon the app, what was it that drew you to it? Oh, absolutely the the ability to rely on an app to tell me what to do, okay. and and in a in an intelligent way because I am a lunkhead. Like I, like I mentioned, I will go to the gym and without a program, I will, my best thinking ends up <laughs> giving me, you know, thoughts like, well, chest and try back and by legs and shoulders. And I do chest, I do bench, I do d- dumbbells. And then I do, you know, I might do squats. I might skip leg day. Like, you know, unless I have a program in front of me, I'm going to do, I'm going to make bad decisions about the exercises that I do. So I love the fact that I can rely on the app to, to give me a regimen to follow. I'm very regimented, very disciplined. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. by the way, like I work out every single day, even on my rest days. Like I know that folks will frown on this, but on my rest days, I, I follow the same regimen that I follow on my workout days. I get to the gym. I might not be, you know, throwing tons of weight around, but I am moving my body. I'm stretching Mm -hmm. and I'm getting the blood flowing. And that for me, that, that works. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, I relate to you 100%. <laughs> I had a little sheet on my gym wall before I found Fitbod that literally had three different full body workouts. And I like the same exercises <laughs> under each, you know, upper body, lower body and abs, like, and I fought, switched between those three different exercises for years, like mm-hmm. just that like focus that I knew I wanted to do it. I was seeing some results. I just didn't know what else to do either. So that that is definitely the joy of Fitbot. It's just that that spice of life. It kind of mixes things up for you. <laughs> Absolutely. And the the other thing that I really liked, I travel quite a bit. So being able to modify the profile to it, I have a I have a hotel profile. So hotels typically have dumbbells up to 50. So mm-hmm. I was I was finding that it was really difficult to to keep on program, but Fitbod lets me create a separate profile. I switch to that profile and it it automatically feeds me up a list of things to do based on the the equipment that's typically available in a hotel. So that's yeah. the second thing I re- I really love. So So you found Fitbod over 2000 workouts ago. When did you discover the community and where I like to ask were you jumped right in and get involved? Were you a lurker for a while? Tell us the community, because the community is what brought the three of us together. So I'd like to hear your end of it. Yeah, I think I I waded into the community. I'm going to say maybe two years ago. I did lurk for quite a bit. And I noticed your content, Gio, and I noticed Jonica's content. And then I was so delighted to see 
that you you pulled together a Zoom community get together. And I, I attended that. I don't know whether that was the first one or whether you had done it before, but uh, I really enjoyed the 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 get together. I enjoyed, you know, getting together with folks, learning more about them and yourselves. And then, you know, uh, for a living, I'm a software developer. I spend my time as a developer advocate talking with other developers and I run several other podcasts. So as you mentioned on the last episode, when you have a limited set of tools, you see solutions through the lens of those tools. Like when, when all you have a ham- is a hammer, <laughs> everything looks like a nail. This looked like the perfect opportunity to, to get folks together and, and start a podcast. And, and really that's, that's how we, how we came together. Yes, that was, that was the birthplace of this all your, your idea, you're seeing the potential of, you know, the good that can come from talking about the things that we're passionate about the the health and fitness that we're all so passionate about. So, so tell me how, how do you have your apps set up currently? How are you using it to, to best work into to your life and the way you like to work out? Tell me to pull it up. You don't remember? <laughs> no, I change. I change it quite a bit. So okay. let's see. So I'm I'm set up with a fitness goal of bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. I'm set on advanced in terms of my fitness experience. Okay. I do use timed intervals, and I do use no, no, no. I don't use timed intervals, and I do use circuits. Okay. And I am set to PPL, so okay. push pull lower split. Okay. So yeah. you say that you switch it up. A bit. Do you switch up all of those things, all of those goals? No, no, I typically keep all the rest of the settings the same, and I will go to freshest muscle groups rather than PPL Uh sometimes, yeah, throughout the year. So do you have a preference, what you like? I'm really liking PPL now. Yeah. I'm I'm dealing with an injury. I've got an anterior pelvic tilt issue, which is causing me, at times, extreme low back pain. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this and you're feeling that pain just above your the backside of your pelvis, consider asking a physical therapist about anterior pelvic tilt. That that's, it's really been helpful for me to, to get somebody to address this specific problem. But now that I'm addressing it and, and addressing my stance and my form as it relates to, to a deadlift and a squat, I'm starting to experience, well, first of all, bigger lifts. I'm slowly ratcheting up the weight that I can lift and I'm, I'm feeling much better. So kind of strengthening my core has been a key to that. Okay. You know, Michael, I see, I keep, obviously we're friends now and I, you pull out some killer videos of your workouts. And I noticed recently you've set a couple of new PRs. Hey, what are the next goals? Where's your current <laughs> PR? And what are some of your favorite exercises? Well, my favorite exercises are the lunkhead exercises. So bench, deadlift, and, and I love squat. I, I really struggle with the deadlift and squat because of the the back issue, but my PR for bench, I just missed today. I do okay. this thing. It's I'm really, I mean, I'm kind of ashamed to admit it. I do this thing where I'll, I'll move the bar. I'll move the PR way too high. And uh, today I attempted 295 for the bench and uh, I missed it. I mean, I, I got so close. So I should have been shooting for 290. Last week I got two or not last week. The last, I think it was about three weeks ago, I got 285. So I should have moved up five pounds. I moved up 10 pounds and I'll, uh, I'll regroup and, and try it again in, in a week and a half. <laughs> well, I'll take some of the blame for that because when I saw you do the 285, you moved it so easily. I crushed it. I f- yeah. I, I figured 295 was there. So my bad. I'll take some of the blame. <laughs> but you know, one thing I like about you and Jonica and a lot of people in the community 
is that we don't only show the good side of things. You know, we show, you know, where we fail on a PR or when we may be struggling. What are some of the things about the community that attracted you? Because you said you lurked, but mm-hmm. after a while, I guess you felt comfortable enough to be more involved. W- yeah. What did it for you? Yeah. So I love the the personal experience people share. I love the, I mean, just the touching shares that people, and not only the shares, but people get vulnerable, but I love the response to those. You know, I run a couple of different groups on Facebook and this group is freakish in that there's very little, (laughs) very little like cranky behavior. Like people are really well behaved and in general, Everyone just wants to help everybody else. I love that about this group. And that's really what attracted me. The other thing is like the content, like Jonica's content is awesome and such an inspiration. Yours is too. I love watching other people set and achieve goals and and share vulnerably. That's awesome. So, hey, so if you're listening to this and you're not sure what we're talking about, there's a Facebook community specifically for the FitBod app. And in the show notes, we're going to have links. You can you can click those links and and visit the visit the group and and join. Yeah, I think vulnerability is actually one of my favorite words when it comes to describing the group and the feel of the group that we have there. I I love how vulnerable people get and how <clears throat> how trusted the community can be to handle that vulnerability in a mature, positive, supportive manner. That's that's something that, that I love and have really, really tried to continue and foster in that group because I think it's I think it's rare in this day and age. I I, I know that lots of people love to like rip on social media and just talk about it, be bringing the worst out in people. And the, the, the FitBot face group is actually one of the few places that I spend time on uh, it, social media. And so I, I'm always like surprised. I'm like, that hasn't been my experience at all. Like I see the best of humanity coming out <laughs> in the people that associate there. So I think it is really a safe space for people to kind of come and share and, and work on improving themselves, whatever point they're at. Yeah, I'm not going to mention any names, but I belong to other fitness groups that are eat you alive. <laughs> so I love FIPA. Okay, Michael, you'd be making the ladies swoon when you do your Flex Friday. Did you <laughs> did you post right away after you came out of the lurking period or did you take a little bit more time to start posting on our Flex Friday? I don't I don't remember, but I think it might have been at the coaxing of Jonica. I think she teased me. <laughs> or posted a, I think it was a crop top or something. And, and I said, oh. Oh, I'm next or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I do love to taunt and, and to throw throw challenges down on, on the page and try and get people to kind of come out of their shell. I think it's, I think it's sometimes hard to kind of like bust on and do that like first, but then it can be mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I think we have a lot of fun on the page and I think we try to like keep it supportive and not too serious. Yeah. And I think uh, like, I, I feel blessed to be in great shape, but mm-hmm. I really wish I had taken more photos and shared them publicly during my journey of fitness, mm-hmm. because I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of really great, like, Hey, how about Jody, Jody mm-hmm. Dolo? Like yes. what an amazing transformation Tuesday. Like she's got yeah. some amazing photos and I wish I had taken more photos of myself prior, but I, I was really, frankly, quite embarrassed with the shape I had gotten myself into. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is nice to kind of have that comparison, especially when you found something and you start to see success, you, you do want to kind of like look back at where you started, but 
just onward and upward. That's all you can do. So you you say your journey of fitness. How how long do you consider your journey of fitness to be when you talk about that as a time period? Yeah, great question. It's a lifetime. Like it's if I can't sustain it, it's not going to work. And I don't. There's I do set goals. These are milestones, and the goals are really, you know, steps along the way. But I really view this as a journey of a lifetime, and I, I want to be, I want to be a kick-ass. 80 year old, 90 year old. Amen for that. (laughs) I just became a grandfather. And I mean, it's just, it's crazy to think that I'm, (laughs) I'm that old that I can be a grandfather, but Hey, I feel great. I am in the bet. I am absolutely in the best shape I've ever been. And I want to continue to get better. So has that always been your barometer for, cause that's actually some advice that I'd like to give people right now that for myself, if I'm looking to incorporate something new into my lifestyle, I ask myself, is this something that I can sustain for the rest of my life? I'm not into fads. I'm not into quick fixes. I'm not into like, you know, the overnight like transformation and then like bounce back to worse than, than you started. So I always ask myself, is this something that I can see myself maintaining? Because this is, this is a marathon that we're on. So mm-hmm. has that always been your logic? Have you always been in that place in your head that you've recognized that it needs to be something that can be sustained long-term? Yeah, I don't think so. I think early on, it was just about getting to a point where you know, I felt like I looked better <laughs> and felt mm-hmm, better. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I mean, I hate to bring it back to this all the time, but my journey of recovery has really helped me with that. First of all, I mean, it, we really just have one single day at a time. And sometimes for folks like myself, you know, thinking about the lifetime in front of you, how am I going to manage? How am I going to, how am I going to stay fit for the rest of my life? Well, if you're, if you're concerned about that too, I mean, really just focus on what's right ahead of you what's right in front of you. And, and that's, that's really helped me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome advice because sometimes we drown looking too far into the future. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. sometimes though we get so focused in today that we forget about the future. So I like to, you know, go back and forth with that to stay balanced, mm-hmm. but that is great advice because sometimes, you know, in my weight journey that people have seen my transformation they think it happened overnight and it doesn't. And I tell them it's a long-term plan. Like Jonica said, what are some of your immediate goals? So, and, and I'm not talking about next week, but like, let's say for the rest of 2022 or even into 2023, keeping it in that time frame. what are some of your goals? What are some of your PRs that you want to attain? Yeah. I mean, I want to continue ratcheting up the weight. I've, I've recently kind of been on a bulk cycle. I went from about 168 pounds to, to 185. And that's really, I mean, the, the strength gains that I've gotten with that have been pretty phenomenal. So I want to continue on that probably through the end of the summer. And then I want to continue to feel better in terms of, of my back pain. And, and that's really going to be, I mean, those are <laughs> kind of at, at odds with each other. <laughs> the heavier I go, the, the worse I seem to, to feel in my back. So it's definitely a challenge. But I don't know that I have any particular you know, PR goals that I set out that far. I think the the farthest out I look for my PRs is like the next, the next okay. one, which is going to be, you know, two to three weeks out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like to always look at it in terms of, and I, I say this all the time, of falling in love with the process, because I think a lot mm-hmm. of people look to people like yourself and look at the the dedication that you have the daily the daily striving the showing up for yourself day after day after day and i think you kind of get to the point where where you're not necessarily i mean you're not seeing gains 
workout after workout after workout. Like that's not the way it works. And so if that's the only thing I think that's motivating you is that immediate, that payoff of that, you know, that PR or that, you know, that, that immediacy of, of seeing something right away. I, I think that's where people tend to lose their traction and lose that motivation because they haven't really fallen in love with the process. So do you kind of like buy into that? Like, how do you stay motivated to show up for yourself every day? You're seven days a week. Like how, how does that happen? <laughs> well, I don't rely on that motivation. I don't wake up with motivation seven days a week, but I do wake up with discipline. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really what it comes down to. Some days it's, it's just getting my butt out the door and, mm-hmm. and knowing that that's something that I do on a daily basis. I, I even love to hate the process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. to, <laughs> because, sometimes you have to, sometimes that's all you have. All you have is, <laughs> is the, the process to rely on. And, and if I can trust myself, if I can rely on myself to get my butt up and to do the things that I don't want to do, then the rest of the day is easy. I always say going out the door of my gym, there's a, there's a guy at the front desk and I always wish him a, a great day. And, and I kind of say under my breath, as I walk out, it's all downhill from here because yeah. it truly is. I've done something hard every single day, every day I get up, I get out there, I run a little bit, I work out, I do something extremely difficult. And really the challenges that I face throughout the day don't compare to the, the challenges I give myself. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think seeing yourself overcome those challenges first thing in the day as well, I I think gives you a little bit of a boost. It's like, I just did something really hard. Like I I can do that. So tell us a little bit about your workout like scenario. Like, are you working out at home? You say you like to run, like, do you, do you have a home gym? What do you have access to? Yeah. So a little plug and we're not paid for this, but I work out at a gym called the Newtown Athletic Club. It's mm-hmm. a great gym. It's it's fantastic. It's sprawling. I think it's something like thirty five thousand square feet. There's oh, a wow. giant a giant field area uh, with with tons of rack space. There's a great gym area where you do have free weights and dumbbells, and and as well as machines all throughout. And I get there at I get there every day somewhere between four and four thirty a.m. And most days I'll I'll run maybe a mile before. Two up to three miles, maybe depending on where I'm at in terms of a, a PR chase. I've been instructed by my physical therapist to move that run to the end of my workout if I want to increase my strength. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just a creature of habit, so I, <laughs> I still get I still get to the parking lot by somewhere around four ten four fifteen, and and then I, I run those you know up to three miles, and the gym opens at four fifty. Thanks Joe for opening early. He uh-huh. opens at about four fifty, and uh, yeah, and then I set about you know, opening the Fitbot app and, and seeing what's in store. Now mm-hmm. I'll typically have checked the Fitbot app the previous day. So I know what I'm, I'm getting into, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. So what you do know, you, what, what role do you think that diet plays in the success that you've seen? I know a lot of people struggle to kind of like incorporate the two together. So w- what are your thoughts on, you know, being able to kind of see success? Where, where does diet game play changer that? diet was a game changer for me personally. I did not, I, I worked out harder than I'm working out today with less results because I did not have my diet under control. I was eating way too many calories and all the wrong calories. I didn't track my macros. I wasn't eating enough protein. I was eating way too many carbohydrates. This is a challenge. I think the first thing that, that really changed the game for me was understanding what my metabolic burn rate was. Like how many calories am I burning if I just sit still? And then, and then I can begin to understand how many calories I'm going to need to fuel myself. 
And, and then, then I can take a look at the macros. So for me that, I mean, it, it absolutely changed the game. I began to see results within six months. I had, I had dramatically changed the shape of my body and, and, and today that's, it is, it is an absolutely critical part of my, of my daily life. Like looking at what I eat, I don't track super like religiously anymore. I used to mm-hmm. use an app called Senza to track mm-hmm. everything I eat so I can track my macros, but I have a pretty good sense now. And I don't, I don't really track to that level of detail. So how did you figure out those numbers? How did you figure out your base, mm-hmm. you know, base calories that you were burning every day? Like, how did you educate yourself? Cause that is an education. That is yeah, something yes. that you need to learn. You need to learn yourself, what works for your own body, what works for your own lifestyle. So how, how did you start that process of educating mm-hmm. yourself and, and learning what needed to be done? Yeah. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes. The Mayo Clinic website has a calorie calculator. It's going to, it's going to basically calculate the number of calories that based on your height, weight, age, and level of activity, it's going to tell you how many calories that you should be uh, consuming on a daily basis. And then from you, from there, it's like, if you ratchet up the amount of activity, you're going to need to ratchet up the amount of calories and increase the amount of protein based on your preference for muscle building. Now, I, I, this, this information is, it, it didn't fall out of the sky. Like I had to do, continue to do research and, and I'm a huge fan of, I'm an N of one. Like I experiment with myself yes. and, and I didn't, I didn't like <laughs> stumble onto this immediately. There was a lot of trial and error. So if you're listening to this and you are confused, you're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone, but start with understanding how many calories your body needs. Yeah, I think that's important. That's that's something that I subscribe to as well. And I'm going to like put a plug in there to the listeners as well. I think I think it, tracking in the beginning is a, is a very important part of the process. But I don't think for myself anyway, and it sounds like for you as well, I don't think that it's necessarily something that needs to continue for a lifetime, the tracking of every single calorie and every single macro. I think you use that tracking period as a time to educate yourself and to recognize serving sizes and to recognize, you know, where you can find protein and approximate, you know, amounts that you're getting in. And and then it, it, I feel like it allows you a little bit more freedom once you can kind of step back from that tracking and trust yourself and the education that you've gained from the tracking process to kind of move forward within your life with a little bit more freedom. So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what I suggest to people because I think the thought of tracking things every day for the rest of your life is just like overwhelming. Oh, it's daunting. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to geek, for the rest of your life. <laughs> unless you're a geek stat like myself. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I give myself freedom. I ate three banana bread cupcakes today, about mm. 600 calories. <laughs> oh, you're so you're a wild man. <laughs> approximately 600 calories. How many exactly, Gio? I think you probably know exactly how many calories. <laughs> well, I can look it up, but this is about Michael today, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Michael, have, has your fitness journey inspired anyone that you know in your life? Have you gotten feedback from people that you have inspired them to maybe change or to take a look at where they're at and, and move in a different direction? I get really great messages from from folks on social media. I know that some members of my family, I began running early on and some some members of my family have, have picked up running and, and and fitness. And, you know, one of the things I love is is watching my nephews, you know, get fit and, and stay fit. That's one of the, the things I, I absolutely love. So I, I'm not sure what what level or percentage of that is is directly related to me, but but I like to think that that I could I could possibly be a positive influence on others. Sure. Mm. 
Yeah, no doubt more people are watching than they are going to tell you. But your your example leads to the influence. You know, something I wanted to clear up, though, because the more you mention about your journey, I'm not quite sure on it. You know, Janaka came from an eating disorder, so she was very thin. Now she looks great. I had gained a lot of weight. Where were you in that spectrum? Were, were you just yeah. very skinny, overweight, yeah, yeah. or you just regular and went from there? Yeah, I mean, I, I was average build, maybe even on the thin side for most of my most of my life. But as I got older, into my 40s, I started to gain weight. And when I stopped drinking at age 48, um, I blew up. I <laughs> began to eat out of control. I ate a cheesecake every week. <laughs> every week, I consumed an entire cheesecake. <laughs> and <laughs> along with other other sweets and and yeah. breads and all also all, all sorts of things that you know taken in moderation they're fine but I was eating them out of control and I blew up to I think at my heaviest I was 215 pounds and today okay, like wow. I said I'm I'm hovering around 180 mm -hmm. okay okay what are your indulgences though now that mm -hmm. you have your diet under control what are some of your indulgences that you like to you know okay <laughs> okay I'm, I'm embarrassed but I'll tell you <laughs> Twinkies? <laughs> no, no, I don't eat Twinkies. I don't eat super sweet stuff, but I do eat McDonald's on occasion. I do. Is that I'll eat even a, I'll food? Eat, it is. It's probably marginally food, but but I do eat a Big Mac every once in a while. Okay, cool. <laughs> and fine. I will I will eat a sweet. And lately, I found Nick's ice cream. I don't know if you've you've tried this, but Nick's is a low calorie ice cream, and it's I think it's something on the order of less than two hundred calories per quart. Now I won't eat a whole quart, but I just love the, the idea of tasting ice cream on yeah. a regular basis without, without having to, you know, blow up. <laughs> so what's your favorite that, flavor of ice cream, Michael? My favorite flavor in general of ice cream is probably chocolate or coffee. Mm, yeah. Two very good choices. Mm -hmm. Very good choices. So what advice would you have for someone who looks at you and wants to be in the same shape that you are at, no matter where what age they're at? Because I, I bet there's a lot of people who are a lot younger than you mm -hmm. who look to you as kind of a, you know a fitness role model. So what advice would you have for them? Mm. I think the first thing is uh, look at your look at your eating, look at your diet, because I really believe it's more than fifty percent diet. I really do. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I have spent a lot of time with folks in the gym that they, they don't really make progress and I see how hard they work. Mm -hmm. And I can only assume, I can only assume that their, that their, their diet is not in order. If they're not getting results, then, and I know that's, it's a judgment on my part. And, and for many of you listening, if you feel like you're struggling, you feel like you're putting the effort in and you feel like you can't push any harder in the gym maybe take a look at, at what you're consuming, the, mm -hmm. the composition of the food you're eating, as well as the number of calories. And I mean, that's the best advice I can, I can give you. Apart from that, I think it's going to take a, a, a real close look at, at what you're doing in the gym. If your diet is on point, what you're do doing in the gym, many people have a, a mistaken assumption that they need to go crazy with cardio. Mm -hmm. and, and that yep. was something that I did too. And what I was doing, I, I was robbing my muscles of the fuel they needed to grow by doing too much cardio. And, and when I got that under control, I started to see muscular development that even in my early twenties, I didn't, I didn't see. So, so that's, those are, those are my, my best pieces of advice, I think. 
Okay. I, I, I might just have to say an amen to that. I, I think yeah. women actually specifically fall into that trap of thinking that they need to to do cardio. I think we've been that's been pushed on us by society for a long time that we need to just get on these cardio machines and burn as many calories as we can. But people really need to remember that you need a lot of calories to build tissue. And if you're looking mm-hmm. to build muscle, your body needs calories. And if you're burning those all in, in cardio, you're not going to get the muscle muscle building that you're seeking after. Exactly. And the process you want to, to, in order for your muscles to grow, in order for for fat to continue to be burned, you need several things to happen. You need your body to be fueled properly. Your muscles need fuel. Mitochondrial biogenesis is the only way muscle builds. And you can't, you can't, your, your, your mitochondria can't generate, they can't grow if they don't have the the proper level of, of oxygen and, and fuel. And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, diet comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael, sure. you know, before we wrap up here, you have a knack of finding other FitBot users in the gym. How do you, <laughs> how, how do you, how do you come across that? Like, how do you even notice that they're using FitBot? Okay. Translation, so I'm the- how creepy is that, Michael? <laughs> okay. No, so I'm, I, I'm that annoying guy. Like I, I am, <laughs> I, I try to keep to myself for the most part, but I, I purposefully take my earbuds out when I'm working out mm-hmm. and I will, I will nod. I will smile, not in a creepy way, but if there's, if the person that I'm, that I'm working in, in proximity to seems to be interested, I'll start a conversation and I'll say, what kind of program are you on? What, what, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? And and nine times out of 10, they'll, they'll say they're, they're working with a trainer or they've got a piece of paper with them that they're looking at or something like that. And I will, <laughs> maybe not on the first conversation, I'll say, hey, hey, you know, I found this app that has just been a game changer for me. You may want to take a look at it. It's called FitBod and it helps plan your next best workout. I'll, you know, kind of give them the spiel. And in many cases, uh, folks, you know, will come up to me and say, Hey, I have the same app on my phone. They'll see it. And that's what's happened at, at the NAC. We call it the NAC Newtown Athletic Club. That, that happened on two occasions. And in other occasions, folks will, will hear me. I'll talk about the app and then they'll go and they'll try it. <laughs> and you'll see those folks wade into the, into the Facebook group. And uh, yeah. Yeah, nice. it's a blast though. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's actually easier to stumble across than you might think, Gio. Like I remember last summer, I was away for a vacation for th- three weeks, I think I was away. And so I decided to purchase a pass to go to a gym because I didn't want to be without my home gym for that long. And I mean, as you're walking around, like people have their phones, they have their things and those graphics are so easy to spot. And I remember I saw this guy <laughs> and he had the same graphics as me and I got so excited, but I was way too nervous, way too nervous. So I remember I remember coming back to the FitBod group and talking to them about this guy that I'd seen that had the same. And I was like, next, if he comes back next time, I'm actually going to say something to him. I'm, I'm going to approach him. And it took several, I think it was maybe like over a week later that he actually ended up coming back and I saw his graphics again. And I did approach him and I was like, and I wanted to know if he was like on social media or whatever, but it was, it was interesting. Like we kind of like were able to connect and chat about the things that we loved about the app. And so it's not creepy, Michael. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Didn't mean to call you out there. I try to respect <laughs> others' privacy if they're if they're working out and they seem heads down. I, I won't bother them, of course. But oh yeah, for sure. It's just interesting how many people you still see in the gym, like with notebooks and pens, and like mm-hmm. there's just I don't know. There's there's such an easier way, and it's called Fitbod. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> it's such an easy tool. It's it's so user friendly. So, so we love it. So Michael, do you have anything that you would like to leave our listeners with as we kind of wrap to the end of your story and where your passion for fitness came from? I, I truly appreciate the opportunity to to share a bit of my background. And and as I mentioned, I am a member of the recovery community. And if you're curious about that recovery community, you may be interested in one of the other podcasts I do. It's called the Daily Reflection Podcast, and it's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can find it at www.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. And you'll find some, some daily bits of inspiration and interviews with other members of the recovery community. And I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the other podcast I work on for the company that I work full-time at. It's, it's called the MongoDB Podcast. So if you're a software developer and you're curious about databases and all things software development, check out the MongoDB Podcast at mongodb.com slash podcast. And I'll stop with the, the promotions, but thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> it's been so interesting to get to hear a little bit more about your background and to let our listeners kind of into the world of Michael and, and where, where you came from and kind of where you're headed. And I think you'll be surprised probably at how many people will be touched and will relate to some of the experiences that you've shared and the growth that you've seen from the hard work that you've put in to get to where you're at in your life. So it's been very interesting. I've really enjoyed, you know, kind of getting to to know you a little bit better over this little hour. So thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you. And and I'm always available in the Facebook community. If you're in there, you can you can find me. Just hit me up and yeah, we'll chat. Okay. Thank you, Michael. Be Thanks, well, everybody. Michael. Thanks to the listeners. Check out the show notes at fitbot.me slash podcast to learn more about this episode. Download the app from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. We'd love to hear from you. Leave us a comment and a rating on your favorite podcast network. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.